This program was paid for by the friends and partners of Bruce Downs Catholic Ministries. Well, hello, everybody. It's wonderful to have you with us. I pray wherever you are that you know that God is with you exactly in the place where you are. Well, here we are. It's early 2023, and the year is still well and truly ahead of us. In the Southern Hemisphere, it's the summer months. In the Northern Hemisphere, it's winter. But what we do know is that through these seasons of this year, how we approach them and what we think about will dictate how our life goes. I recently met a gentleman in Dallas in the United States, and he said to me he had gone recently to his school reunion. And he said to me that when he went, he said this, and it kind of surprised me. He said, when I turned up, he said, everybody was old. He said, everybody's old. And uh, he said that his actual phrase was, they're a bunch of old people. And at that point in time, he turned to me and he said, well, I'm 75. And I was listening to him and I, and I wanted to say to him, well, 75 is getting up there. And he, and, and, but I didn't say it. He said, well, he said, but I went to my school reunion. He said, he said, everyone who was alive pretty much turned up and able to get there. And he said, but there was this, this was group of old people. And, and he said to me, he said, I don't want to be old. He said, I know I am. He said, but I don't. He said, he said, I don't want to have to slow down because that's what they tell me I have to do at this age. He said, I'm still actively working. He said, I'm happy. He said, that's what I want to do. And, and as I listened to him, what I, I heard in him was this positivity in his life. This, what I heard with him was with this attitude in his life that was dictating who he could be. Now, I know that because of health, because of injury, because of disease, because some people have lived very, very hard lives, uh, that many people may not have had the energy or the focus or the attitude of this gentleman. But the truth is, is that he realised that it was his thinking that dictated how his future would be. Now, at 75, he had a brace on his, on his leg. He had another brace on his other hand. And yet that didn't stop him. He said, I don't want to have to stop because he said, I'm happy. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I'm nowhere next to 75. But I've had a few people say to me, you know, some people your age are retiring. You know that some people your age are stopping work. And you know you could too. And people have, start, people have said to me, so when will you be retiring? When will you be stopping work? And, I, and I've been thinking to myself lately, well, that hasn't even occurred to me to stop. Now, that's not to say anything about people that do. But how we live our life, how we step into our life is all about the attitude we bring to it, isn't it? It's all about how we see things. Well, in, in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, which is a, a, a series of wise sayings, you might say, it says this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows uh, the springs of life. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Now, if we would go back into the original language, the word heart in those days, you could interpret as mind. In other words, in other words, what this scripture is saying is, be careful how you think determines how you go. 
In the Good News Bible, which is a translation of a translation, it says it this way. It says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. At the beginning of this year, 2023, will you achieve what God wants for you? Whether you are 20 years old, whether you are 80 years old, will you be in the place that God calls you to be? Will you? Will this be your greatest and best year yet? Now you can stop and say, but when I was younger, I was studying, I was working, I was, I was engaged in things, I had my children with me and now I'm maybe retired and they're gone. Maybe you're someone who stops and says, well, many of those things are ahead of me. But, and, and my best years will come or my best years have been. But the scriptures don't talk to us that way. The scriptures tell us that no matter our age, that this could be the very best year that we ever have had if we see it through God's eyes. Now, in the, in the, scriptures, in the scriptures, what we see is your future is determined, it's in your mind. Your future is in your mind. Your future is in how you think. Now, there was a man in the scriptures called Moses, right back in the early part of the Bible. Moses is someone that many of us have heard. Moses means to be one that was lifted out of the river. And I want to read to you a story about Moses' life because we get a, we get a long picture of his life from his birth to his death. And we see something in that that will help us in 2023. Um, Let's go to Exodus chapter 1 in verse 8, and it says this. Now, a new king arose over Egypt who didn't know Joseph. And Joseph was the great heir that had brought them into a new land. And he said to his people, look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. See, the Egyptian pharaoh was worried about these Israelites that were living among them that Joseph had brought there decades before, sent, uh, a long time before. And, and so what they did was the, the, the Egyptians enforced the Israelites in enforced labour. They were so frightened of them uh, growing up and being so, becoming dominant of them is that they went to the midwives of the Israelites and they said, when, when, when an Israelite woman is having a baby, if she has a little boy, kill the baby boy. But the Israelite midwives didn't do that. And then over time, the Egyptians became more cruel and more cruel and more cruel and more cruel towards the, uh, the, the Egyptians. In the end, they were in captivity for 430 years. And so for 430 years, eventually this cry begins to come up from, from the people of Israel, God, would you help me? And we could talk for a long time about sometimes God seeks us to ask for his help, but over a long period of time, because in that time, God's doing something. And so often the, what God's doing is in us, in our hearts and in our lives. And then Moses is born and Moses is born into this world, this world where he's an Israelite and he's born into this Israelite world where little boys were being killed at birth. Um, well, that was the directive. Um, uh, and his mother hides him for three months, hides him for three months. But then when she realises she can't keep him hidden, she puts him in a basket and she sails him down to the river where the princesses of, 
of Egypt are bathing and Pharaoh's daughter finds little Moses in this basket and she draws him up and she, and she, uh, she realises he's an Israelite baby but looks at this little baby and go, wow. It goes, wow. And they, they call, not knowing to them, they call Moses' mother who nurses little Moses. And then at the time she hands him over to the, the Pharaoh's uh, daughter to raise. And so for years Moses is raised uh, in the house of Pharaoh, the most dominant, powerful nation in the world. In this environment, he learns leadership. In this environment, his view is expanded uh, of the world. Um, and, and then one day he goes out and he sees an Egyptian beating up an Israelite. And he intervenes and in the intervention, we, he actually ends up killing the Egyptian. Well, he, he, he realises this has been seen through various events and he takes off because he realises if Pharaoh finds out that he's killed someone, that he himself will be killed. And so he leaves Egypt. He leaves the palace. He leaves all that he's known. And he heads off and he ends up becoming a shepherd. A shepherd where he goes from the palace to the pasture. He goes from ruling to now ruling just a bunch of sheep. He goes from ruling the most powerful and being witness to the most powerful to now just a group of sheep. And he does it for a long time. He does it for a long time. Can you imagine how he would have felt? Can you imagine what it would be like for him to have been in that place and then to lose it all? He probably would have despaired. He probably would have thought, what's happened? He probably would have put that, that deep thought that deep disappointment, I've stuffed up my life. I've messed up my life. And then one day God begins to intervene because God has a bigger plan. In Exodus chapter 3, we read, Moses was keeping the flock of the father-in-law of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside, look at the great, this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And then he said, come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. At the beginning of every year, uh, the, when, when, the, when our office is a little quieter than it normally is, I often come to here, I come here to our ministry centre and I spend a few days here by myself, by myself, just in the quiet. Because in the midst of all of the busyness of everything that occurs in the normal routine of what we're doing, sometimes it can be very hard to turn aside and to listen to God. Sometimes it can be very hard to turn aside and see the miracle of God because the routine of life captures us. Here is Moses just standing there looking after his sheep. And then all of a sudden he notices that there's a burning bush. 
He notices the bush is on fire, but it's not being consumed. And what does the scripture say? It says he turned aside. What did he turn aside from? He turned aside from that which he was doing, looking after his sheep. He turned aside to go and see what this miraculous thing is. And in our lives, sometimes we have to make space to turn aside to God. Now, that's all well and good for me. When my children were little, turning aside was very difficult because when you've got young children and it's busy, it's very hard. If you're working in a really important, busy, consuming job, turning aside can be very hard. But that's where we need to be deliberate about making sure that we get time to turn aside. It has to be a deliberate thing that we do. And so he turns aside, and when he turns aside, he, he hears a voice, Moses, Moses. See, the thing that Scripture tells us is that God is not silent. God is, God is a speaking God who communicates in a different way than what we're used to. Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And then and God says to him, come no closer, remove the, the sandals from your feet for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. Imagine today where you are in your home, in your work, if God determined and decided to speak to you. That place would become a holy place, a set-aside place. I still remember where I was back on the 7th of, July, uh, 7th of November 1972 when I was just a little boy and I committed my life to Christ. I remember the very place I was. I remember the place I was in, on the 12th of July, 1996, when I was at a conference in Sydney. I remember the very place I was and the Lord said to me, I want you to go, I want you to go reach people disconnected from the church. I remember where I was on the 26th of August, 2006, when I was at the Vatican in Rome and I heard God say to me, I want you to reach people uh, through television and through the media. I could go on, I could remember those holy places. And to be honest with you, there are times I've gone back to those places for a visit and I've stood there and I've said, it's in this place, God, that you talk to me. It's in this place, God, that you asked of me. It's in this place, God, where you guided me. Many of you have places like that in your heart. Many of you have places like that in your life. And so this became a sacred place, a place of God speaking. So take off your, your, your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. And then it goes on and it says in verse 7, And the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry, Moses, on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their suffering and I've come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here they are, been in captivity for 430 years. They've started crying out to God. And before God goes and tells them, the people of Israel, that he has heard them, he goes up and selects a man and says to this man, Moses, Moses, I've heard and so whilst they're still going through this, God is already at work in the beginning plans of solving the problem. In verse 9, it goes on and said, The cry of the Israelites, God said, has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, Moses, 
I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. I wish I'd highlighted that. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. What God says is, I've seen, I've seen and heard the, pra- the prayer, come and save us. I know what they're going through. I know what they're going through. I know what they're going through. I've heard them and now I'm coming. But guess how I'm coming? I'm coming through you. I'm coming through you. Now, when I first read, read this story, before I knew much about it, when I heard God say, I'm coming, I thought to myself, and God's going to turn up. No, no, no. God's way of turning up is through people so often that God chooses someone. And there may be circumstances in your life right now where you're the person who has to turn up. Maybe there's issues in your family. You're the person who's going to turn up. There's issues in your work or among your friends. You're the person who's going to turn up. Now, the problem is, is that we can all go, well, there was a burning bush. He hears this voice. Of course, he's just going to say, God, whatever you want. You'd think that, wouldn't you? But no, no, no. Moses does what many of us would do. Moses begins to make excuses. Have you ever asked someone to do something for you and one of the very first things they say, well, I'm a bit busy. I've got things on. I'll have to think about that. Moses comes up with a list of reasons he can't do it. He stops and the very first thing he says, well, who am I? If I go to people and say, hey, follow me out of Egypt after you being there for 430 years, they're going to say, well, who are you? He, he, said, he said, so I can't go. He then says, um, uh, God says to him, well, then tell them who I am. And Moses says, how can I tell people who you are? Well, how can I tell them? And God says, well, you just tell them who I am. He goes, no, how can I do that? And, 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 then, and so then he also says, um, God says, yeah, you can tell them. He says, he says, well, suppose they don't believe me, don't believe me that you told me to do this. And God gets a little bit aggravated because he's asked him so clearly. And then God says, well, look, I'll, I'll do all these miracles around you. And, and, and even those miracles, those miraculous things were not enough. And, and Moses then comes along one last time and he says, listen, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not eloquent. You need to get someone else. One of the things when I travel a little bit, sometimes I joke with people and say, who'd like to do, if I'm speaking in a place for a few sessions in a row, who'd like to give the next talk? You know, who'd like to talk? And people laugh and go, well, not me, because they kind of feel nervous a bit about it, and that's understandable. Um, and, And so Moses makes all of these excuses, but God doesn't listen to him. See, there are many of us, we're not in the place where we're meant to be in our life. And we've got all sorts of excuses, but, you know, look how old I am. Look how young I am. Look at the finances that I have. Look at the people that are helping me. Look at the place where I am. Look at, look at, look at, see. And God just doesn't listen. God doesn't listen to our excuses when he's asked us to do something. He just doesn't listen to our excuses. Uh, And so eventually we know the story. Moses goes to his father, father, and he, he says to Jethro, he says, will you let me go back to Egypt? And he's had a turn in his heart. And he goes back and, and Moses becomes this giant of Israelite 
history, who's part, of, who, who's one of the great uh, people we look to through the scriptures, right throughout Christendom. You know. Now, when we look at Moses, what did Moses do? Moses lived his life in phases. He lived his life in phases. The very first phase were those first three months when he was with his mother. Then he gets sailed down the, the, the river and he ends up in the home of, of the Pharaoh's, um, of Pharaoh's home, being looked after by Pharaoh's daughter. Then he ends up, due to a fight, ends up looking after sheep a long way from Egypt, having gone from the palace to the pasture. He then end, ends up being this great leader of history that would lead the people out of 200, uh, 430 years of captivity. Why? Because he meets God. He's the one, he's the one who, when he gets them out, he gets them out and the 10 plagues that come upon Egypt was ultimately let them go. He's the one who leads them for 40 years through the desert. He's the one who teaches them how to be a people again because for 430 years they've been in captivity, being told what to do. He's the one who reestablishes their laws, their rules, their customs. This man who said, I can't speak. This man who said, who will, who will they say that I am? This man who says, I can't do it. This man who had failed in the greatest house of leadership in the world and ended up just looking after sheep now becomes this mighty man of history who gives them the Ten Commandments, who sets, uh, sets out. See, see, go back to the man I talked about who was 75 years old, who said to me, I went to my school reunion to a bunch of old people. And no doubt, if you looked at this man at 75, to me he looked, <laughs> he looked old, old. And yet within his mind and in his heart, there was something different in him. And it really encouraged me and it spoke to me. See, there's a few things that we can learn about our life. Number one is this, our lives are lived in seasons. Our lives are lived in seasons. And, and some of them are very clear seasons, aren't they? Like when we're at school, when we're a child, when we go maybe to study at university or we do our training for our jobs. Then if we're someone who gets um, married and we have young children or we're someone who's establishing our career and then we see our children go and then we enter into an older period of time in our life, uh, our life is lived in seasons. And this is the, this is the thing that I've learned about the seasons of our life, that 100% commitment is required in every season. 100% commitment is required in every season because in every season, God seeks relationship with us. In every season, God wants us to be a certain kind of man or woman in every season. We don't look at the seasons of our life and say, well, the best is behind me. We don't look at the seasons of our life and say, the best is in front of me because in every season, God is present to us. The third thing that I've learned is this, is that what we do in each season is different. And if we see one of the, if we see the different things we do in different seasons as more important, if we do, if we see the different things we do in each season as more important, well, then we're going to stop and we're going to say, in my future, it will be better. In my past, it was better. 
rather than we see the presence of God and we see God with us exactly where we are. See, once Moses' attitude changes, he steps into, he steps into a God plane for his life. He steps up. Have a look at this in Exodus chapter 3, verse 9 again. What happened to him? He had an encounter with God. The cry of the Israelites have now come to me, Moses. I've also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites uh, out of Egypt? And here's the answer. He said to him, I will be with you. 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 See, in every season of our life, in every moment of our life, God says this, I will be with you. So if today you're retired, God is saying, I'll be with you. If you are elderly, God is saying, I'll be with you. If you are young and studying, I'll be with you. If you're dating someone, God is saying, I'll be with you. If you have young children, I'll be with you. If you're establishing career, I'll be with you. In every season, God is saying, I'm with you. Also, in every season of our life, God has a work for us to do. A work for us to do. Now, to many older people, this becomes problematic because many older people say, well, I don't have the energy or I, I don't have the circumstance or I'm not, I'm not gainfully employed. But that's because we understand the meaning of the word work from a Christian point of view in a wrong manner. In a wrong manner. To work means to do something. There are many people, as they get older, if we study the scriptures and we look at the lives of the church, that as we get older, the work that we engage in is the work of prayer. It's the work of intercession and praying for. It's the work of surrendering more deeply our life to God. It's the work of saying, God, come and be with me in the place where I am. Whereas when we're younger, the work that God has got for us maybe in our career, maybe in our families, maybe in the things that we do and we got the energy to do. But in all things, God expects 100% commitment in each area of our life. So our lives are lived in seasons. 100% commitment is required of us in every season. And what we do in each season will be different, but that doesn't mean what we're doing in each season is less important than the previous season. I recently talked to a gentleman who's 90 years old and he said to me, he said, I'm, in, I'm doing the work right now of preparing my heart to meet God one day face to face. I'm preparing my heart right now to rest with God in eternity. I'm doing the work right now of praying for my children and praying for my grandchildren and praying for my great-grandchildren. See, he was engaged in a work that realises that, that now is important. And to him, as he alluded to me, that this was the greatest work and the greatest period of time in all of the things with his large family and the great success he'd had in life, that this was the most important season of his life. Well, it's no more important than if he was younger. It's no more important than if he was in middle age. 
It does. What it is is that in every season of our life, God has a work for us. And if we would listen just as Moses did, in every season, God had something to do. And finally, let me make this comment. For years and years and years and years, Moses, having come from the palace, just stood looking after sheep. How boring would that have been in one sense compared to the things that he had seen? And yet in that time, he was learning perseverance. He was learning stamina. In that time, he was able to be still and to be strong. It was in that time that God was building him. When I was a young man and I knew a lot of things, I was enthusiastic and raced, you know, out to do things and needed sometimes to just slow down and to think through some things because then I would be able to get those things done better by being still. So wherever you are today at the beginning of 2023, wherever you are in 2000, at, at, at this point in 2023, know this, that God is with you. If you're a student, God is with you. If you're someone who is a parent of young children, God is with you. If you're working hard in your career right now, no, God is with you in this year. Know right now in this year that as you're able to travel and do things that you haven't been able to do, know that God is with you. And also know this, that in this year, maybe for some of you, as seems to happen all the time, certainly in this ministry, that one day you will wake one day and it will be your last day. It will be your last day. And you won't know it, but the Lord will have called you home by that evening. And on that day, you will do the work that God called you to, which was to come to Him and to be with Him and to live in eternity with Him and to see His glorious face, face to face. The secret of it all is this, no matter what stage you are in, it's exactly what God said to Mo Moses, I will be with you. And that's the news of Christmas. It's the news of Easter. It's the Christian story that God is with us today. So what dream do you need to dream big in 2023? What do you need to do today? How do you need to change your attitude today? Because as it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, keep your heart, keep your mind with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. As you think, so you will go in 2023. Loving Father, we thank you today that you're with us. We pray, Lord God, that your presence would be with us today in all we do. And in this year, bless us. And we give it to you, Father, in Jesus' name, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. We would all have heard from someone through the years that when you're starting something new, that you should get a good beginning, that you should start well, that as you begin dictates to a large degree how you go. Well, as we enter into this brand new year, we want to start well. We want to start, in a sense, strong. And I wrote a book recently called Start Strong because it was all about when we're starting something brand new, how do we start in a place of strength to move on, to be that person that God calls each of us? 
to be. I'd love to be able to share this book with you. I pray that it will bless you tremendously. This comes out of my prayer and out of my experience with God. Now, if you know me, you know I don't wanna sell it. What I wanna do is make it possible for as many people to get it as possible. And so you can dictate how much you contribute for it. And for someone who can't give much, you give what you can. Uh, that covers the cost of the mail and the, and the printing of it. And then others of you who can give more so that as others can receive it, uh, you can be blessed in that way by giving. I wanna thank all of our Faith Builder partners who, uh, who give on a monthly basis and have gone into our website and set that up. I couldn't do this without you. Share the Gospel, help people walk stronger in their relationship with God. I'm so uh, blessed to have all of you with me. I just want you to know starting strong at the beginning is just so important. And I pray this resource will bless you. And then what we're gonna do is take what you contribute and share the Gospel with more and more people all over the world. Loving Father, we thank You today that You give us the chance to share You and Lord God, as we, we reflect on this story of starting strong, Lord God, of, this, of, of walking deeply with You, we ask, Lord God, that You would work in us, draw us closer to You and make Your path clearer. Lord God, we pray at the beginning of this year with all of the people that we get to share the Gospel with around the world, that You would bless them and draw them closer to You. And Father, we make this prayer in the Name of Jesus through the power of Your Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, thank you everybody for being with us. I look forward to seeing you next time. And don't forget wherever you are, God is never far from you. This program was paid for by the friends and partners of Bruce Downs Catholic Ministries.